No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the Assyrians settle various nationalities in Samaria. They mix the worship of the Lord with the worship of their gods, forming the people group known as the Samaritans. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Kings chapter 17 on Simply the Bible. The nation of Israel had died. Because of their idolatry, their disobedience and unbelief, God allowed the king of Assyria to conquer them and scatter them throughout the Assyrian Empire. This was in 722 BC. But that was only half of the Assyrian method. The other half was to bring new people into the land of Israel. We continue in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 24. Then the king of Assyria brought people from Babylon, Cutha, Ava, Hamath, and from Sepharvaim, and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. And they took possession of Samaria and dwelt in its cities. You see, this was the Assyrian policy to deport the Israelites into the empire of Assyria, but then to bring other nationalities into the land and put them into sort of a melting pot so that they couldn't rebel, or it would be very difficult to rebel against the Assyrian king. Now, when they came into the land, they received houses they did not build and vineyards they did not plant, just like the children of Israel when God took them out of Egypt and brought them into the land of Canaan. And so it was at the beginning of their dwelling there that they did not fear the Lord. Therefore, the Lord sent lions among them, which killed some of them. So they spoke to the king of Assyria, saying, The nations whom you have removed and placed in the cities of Samaria do not know the rituals of the God of the land. Therefore, he has sent lions among them, and indeed they are killing them because they do not know the rituals of the God of the land. You see, the problem was they had been given all of this great land and homes and vineyards, a land of milk and honey, but they had not been grateful. They had not given thanks to the Lord who was the Lord of the land, Yahweh. And so God allowed lions to come in and that got their attention. Now, here's the thing. Many people fear failure, but how many people really fear God? You see, the thing is, is that it's dangerous not to fear the Lord. We need to fear not fearing God. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Fearing God is perhaps the healthiest thing a person can do to secure his or her future both now and forever. And when they didn't fear the Lord, God sent in these lions. But you know, the Bible says that the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. And we are told to be self-controlled and alert, to be on the lookout. Because we can be tempted by sin, can fall into sin, and get bitten by the lion. 
Now, they thought that the God of that land had various rituals that they needed to practice in order to appease him. See, that was a very pagan sort of, uh, of an idea, a superstitious idea. But they thought that if they did certain rituals, then the God of the land would be pleased. And that's often the way people think. But is it true? You see, religion is really man trying to please God by what he does do or by what he doesn't do. But the Lord seeks our faith and our love. He wants you to know him. He wants to know you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Jesus, when he prayed to the Father in John 17, 3, said, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God wants to have a relationship with you and with every human being. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, the king of Assyria commanded, saying, Send there one of the priests whom you brought from there. Let him go and dwell there and let him teach the rituals of the God of the land. Then one of the priests whom they had carried away from Samaria came and dwelt in Bethel and taught them how they should fear the Lord. So this was both good news and bad news. The good news was that the king of Assyria understood he needed to send a priest from the land to teach the people how to worship the Lord there. The bad news was he got a priest from Israel, which they had been used to worshiping the two golden calves, one in Bethel and one in Dan. And so the king of Assyria brought one of the priests to Bethel. Well, that was a corrupted form of worship. You'll recall that King Jeroboam had set up these golden calves and said, this is the Lord that brought you out of Egypt. And so this had corrupted the religious practices of the Jews that lived there. And so, so now they were going to continue to practice a corrupted form of their faith. However, every nation continued to make gods of its own and put them in the shrines on the high places which the Samaritans had made. Every nation in the cities where they dwelt, the men of Babylon made Sukkoth Benath, the men of Cuth made Nurgal, the men of Hamath made Ashima, and the Avites made Nibhaz and Tartak, and the Sepharvites burned their children in fire to Adramelech and Anamelech, the gods of Sepharvaim. So they got to the land, they saw all of these shrines that had been made in the high places, which were pagan shrines to begin with. It was never anything God commanded them to do. Uh, in fact, God said, you're not to do that. But they had made these shrines anyway. And they thought, oh, great, ready-made shrines. Let's go ahead and use those for the gods of our countries that we come from. And so they began to worship their local deities from the nations where they had come from. They also began to offer their children in the fire as children sacrifices. Again, they were just practicing their pagan rituals that they had known, but they were also trying to mix in with that the worship of God. So they feared the Lord, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests of the high places who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. They feared the Lord, yet served their own gods. 
according to the rituals of the nations from among whom they were carried away. So God had said that the priests were to come from the tribe of Levi, but these new inhabitants of the land took it upon themselves to appoint priests from whomever they wanted. And then it says that they feared the Lord, but they served their gods. So it was not a complete fear of the Lord. They also kept the service and worship of their own deities. Now, it would be great if that were a practice limited to the Samaritans. Uh, Unfortunately, many today do the same thing. They fear or respect God. They may even go to church. They may pray, but they haven't renounced their own gods. What is a person's God? It is the master passion in his or her life. It could be money or power, prestige, recognition, sex, or knowledge. Really, it's anything that comes between us and our worship of God. Our faith needs to be more than a profession. Jesus is Lord, and if he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. He will not share his throne with another. By the way, that will never be a popular message. But here's the thing. Who better to sit on the throne of your life than the one who laid down his life so that you could be saved? Now, to this day, they continue practicing their former rituals, speaking of when uh, the book of 2 Kings was written. They do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow their statutes or their ordinances or the law and commandment which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel, with whom the Lord had made a covenant and charged them, saying, You shall not fear other gods, nor bow down to them, nor serve them, nor sacrifice to them. But the Lord, who brought you up from the land of Egypt with great power and an outstretched arm, him you shall fear, him you shall worship, and to him you shall offer sacrifice. And the statutes, the ordinances, the law, and the commandment which he wrote for you, you shall be careful to observe forever. You shall not fear other gods. And the covenant that I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods. But the Lord your God you shall fear, and he will deliver you from the hand of all your enemies. However, they did not obey, but they followed their former rituals. So these nations feared the Lord, yet served their carved images, also their children, and their children's children have continued doing as their fathers did even to this day. And that continued. This was the origin of the Samaritans. And this practice continued all the way to the time of Christ. It was a pluralistic religion where they mixed the worship of the Lord, Yahweh, with the mixture of other gods. And there was interracial marriage between all of these various nations and between the children of Israel that were still uh, in the land. The problem wasn't so much one race marrying a person of another race. The problem was that God was seeking to preserve the lineage of his people, the Jews, the Hebrews, uh, leading to Christ. They weren't to marry foreign wives or give their daughters to marry foreign men. They were to be a special people set apart to God, different from all of the nations, and and thus they they weren't to 
mix those races because it would corrupt the lineage of Christ. But the people whom the Assyrians gathered in the land of Israel, they had no such rules. Therefore, they were an amalgamation of races and an admixture of religions. And that is the formation of the Samaritans. And of course, they would continue all the way to the time of Christ. And in the time of Christ, the Samaritans would have nothing to do with the Jews and the Jews would have nothing to do with the Samaritans. However, there was one Jew. There was one Jew who had to go to Samaria and he had to meet a certain woman, a Samaritan woman who had been you know, married five times, divorced, and was living with her boyfriend. And Jesus said, look, let me tell you that the time is coming when you won't worship God on this mountain in Samaria nor in Jerusalem, but God will be worshiped wherever because God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And they are the kind of worshipers that God seeks. You see, God took this woman who came from a mixed bag of goods and revealed to her that he was the one she was looking for. He even told her that he was the Christ and that he had the living water that would satisfy her like nothing else. You know, you may have come from a mixed bag of goods. You may have had a hodgepodge of spirituality in your life. But here's the thing. God loves you and he sent his son to die for you. And Jesus is the one who will reach you wherever you're at to reveal to you the love of God. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where after a string of bad kings, we finally come to a very good king. King Hezekiah reigns in Judah. He makes spiritual reforms, and there is no one else like him. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Kings on Simply the Bible.